welcome to the Round 6 Podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion featuring a variety of automotive subjects, interviews, special guests, and stories, hosted by the Round 6 Gearheads, Brian Stupski, Alex Welsh, and Brad King. On episode 46, the gearheads are joined live on the Round 6 experience at the 70th Grand National Roadster Show by automotive fine artist and actor James Owens of Car Noir. Ed, are we okay? We're recording. We're on. What are you looking at? We're recording. We got a hot mic here. Do you want? Uh, not much. I can oh do yeah, you know what? You. It's right in my way. It's it's blocking me. Uh, oh. Oh, oh, look at you! You've yeah, done this yeah. before. Key, best boy to the rescue. <laughs> I am the best boy. Look at you throwing the lingo around. Where's Sorry. the gaffer? Gaffer. <laughs> Where's the gaffer? No one to this day knows exactly what a gaffer is. We talked about really? that earlier. We talked about that. We're we're talking about the that. complete lack of gaffer knowledge. We we talked about that. There are gafferologists, but gafferologists. Yes, you know, it's a, it's a it's a long degree. It's longer than being a doctor to become a gafferologist. Wow. But you probably didn't know that. Could you be an intergaffrologist? Inter Oh, that's a specialized That's how I was going to say. Yes. That's like you work just on inside shots, right? That's right. You move lights without even having to touch them when you're a gaffer intro. I can't even say it. It's so complicated. Gaff, <laughs> gaffer gaffer enterologist. Well, you'd be a telekinetic gaffer enterologist at that. Hey, wow. playing guitar has got nice. nothing to do with it. Oh. <laughs> guitar. <laughs> it's all rhythm, though. That's, that's right. right. Got to yeah. have the rhythm. Right. It's all rhythm. Yep. The rhythm method. Wait a minute. Wait, this, this, this is going south quick. This got sexy. Yeah, it's sexy. Yeah. You're into the oh, the whoa, mellow whoa. tones of oh. Brian Stupski. This is why you're an actor. <laughs> Wait, you're looking at you could actually play Chip Foose in the movie. <laughs> it's the hat. Now that I've lost I some weight. Swear yeah. to God. The hat and the weight loss. There you go. Okay, this yes. is going to be great. It's, it's, it's all based on fan movie. fiction. It's all a fan in fiction a world based. It's pretty awesome. Where cars are built by hand. Only one man can build them Foose style. Chip Chip Foose. Nice. Right. We need him to do an intro. You have to start with <laughs> below 32. It always starts with in a world. It does. It has always. to. In a world. Or in a place. Not a world. In or a in, a town. in a town. In a time. In a time. In a time. I always like in a time. In a time I kind of like. In a time. In a time when cars were boring. Chip Foose saves the world. We could go back to that ma'am thing. That'd be a whole different episode. <laughs> then you'd have to in bleep it. You'd have to bleep like every 30 seconds. It'd be... <laughs> It's the alternate universe, so it's Biff Foos. See? Oh. Biff? Biff Foos? Biff Foos. Is that his, like, dumb hillbilly cousin? <laughs> <laughs> I build rat rods. I <laughs> build rat rods. <laughs> and they've got, like, like orange pinstripe with Foos on it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uses a stick welder. Yeah. Coat, he puts wire, wire, on with hanger. a stick welder. Wire with coat hangers. <laughs> hey, check it out. I put this mail back box on as an air cleaner. Ain't that different? I got to hand it back at four. The mail's coming. <laughs> <laughs> or at least park in the, on the sidewalk. <laughs> Chip Foose isn't here, is he? Oh, shit. No, <laughs> not, yet, not at all. He everything. I'm, I'm a sensitive man. I'd hate for something to happen to me. This is this is where we go on Mori Povich. Bring out Chip. <laughs> Steps you from behind are the, the, the father. Is, is he your baby's daddy? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you are the father. 
Wait a minute. Is he your baby's mama? Wait a minute. Baby daddy. How does mama? that work? He would, baby mama, he'd be the baby he'd be daddy. Daddy. Be the baby daddy. I just had a baby and I don't know who the mother is. It's horrible. I'm broken up about it. <laughs> Still not sure. Anyway. Uh, should we do something with this? Do it, man. Do an man, intro. You're driving. Even if we use all this before, it's still going to have an intro. So. <laughs> oh, we gonna, do, we need he's going to run out of digital tape over nah, here. Nah, we're, we're fine. Let's do this <laughs> We're then. just fine. Uh, ready? Whenever you are. I oh. thought we were rolling. Oh, well, we're, <laughs> we're using rolling. some of that. We're recording. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Uh, welcome to the Round 6 Podcast. Uh, I'm Brian. I'm Alex. I'm Brad. I'm Jim. Hey. Sorry, didn't mean to step on your Wait, break. Wait, you got to get an intro. I'm sorry. So you messed the whole thing up. Oh, we'll do it again then. Yeah. Boo. Oh, wait. It's, 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 yeah. There you go. Take five. Okay, take 12. Well, should I look at the camera? Should I be like, no. welcome to the round six pot? No. Okay. I want you to edit the shit out of this. That's right. Be all just rough. Welcome to the round six podcast. So I shouldn't talk while you're doing this, right? No, no what we'll do, I will go. He's going to, he's going to introduce you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, be professional, man. <clears throat> what we'll do is it'll go Ryan, Brad, Alex, and then we'll come up with some name for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Some name. Whatever. Hopefully it'll be my own. Uh, you prefer Jim Wait, or James? I'll give you an, an alias to use. Okay. And then, you'll, and then you'll feign happiness to be here. <laughs> so feign happiness. That's right. I'll try, I'll, wait, I'm a method actor, so let me, let oh, me there think. You go. Let me think. Okay, I'm ready. I mean, for Jim or James? Uh, you know, for this, probably James, but when we're just talking, Jim is fine. Okay, so go. What's your motivation? Oh, to make money. There you go. Okay. <laughs> You're in the wrong place. James in here to lay pigment and get paid. <laughs> lay pigment. Oh, that sounds dirty some way. You like that? Oh, we're going with that. Lay lay lot. We're going with that. Okay, so do the intro. You can't be the sultan of... The Sultan of Sable? Sable. Oh, hey, I'm in. All right. The punter of paint? The Archibald of acrylic? You're an oil guy. Right? A greasy oil one. Guy. A greasy oil painter? Just a greasy <laughs> one. Let's say greasy painter again. Greasy painter. I like the Sultan of Sable. That I do. God, I, I like that. that. Sultan of Sable's going to go. Because it, it. it trips off the tongue a little better than the Sultan of Hog Bristles. Ooh. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> synthetic Brushmaster. Synthetic, <laughs> synthetic Brushmaster. You magnificent bastard, I read your book! He's a member of the Brushbastards. <laughs> found, found, okay, we're going with that too. Founding member of the Brushbastards. Intro. Intro, here we go. You need that, right? Yeah. Every time? Yeah, there's a clap. Brian has the clap. Twice. Ambidextrously. Welcome to the Round 6 Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Brad. I'm Alex. And with us here live from the 70th Grand National Roadster Show is the Sultan of Sable, the founding master of the Brush Bastards, oh. James Owens. Uh, present. <laughs> <laughs> the Brush Bastards. My new car club. It's oh, all yeah. it's yeah. Population, yeah, the Brush Bastards population. Yep. Wide Sultan old. of Sable, my new stripper name. Right. I gotta admit, that's a great one, dude. I think so. Yeah. Sable. Sable's just such a great name. It's I think it's a good stripper name all I around. Know. I know. I think it really it works. I mean, doesn't matter what your what your leaning is, um, gender wise. 
No, it's it's gender neutral, actually. Sable. Yep. We've got to come up with a new name for you, then. <laughs> Hog well, bristle. Fred Garvin's already taken, so Fred I can't Garvin. use that one. Hog bristle. <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, that's a type of paintbrush. Oh, I was going oh. dirty with it. It was like, hey. Oh. We expected that of you, though. Well, oh, no, it's yeah. sad. I always goes for the gutter every time. That's, that's where I live. <laughs> Wait. Anyway. <laughs> Sir, how is your show going for you, Matt? I know this is a great show. It's early yet, but uh, already meeting a lot of great people. I love the show. I come every year. Uh, if I didn't come to sell, I would be here as a spectator because I just love it. Right now, how many years have you done the show? I did this the first time was probably spring of 2008 was the first show I did. Wow. Yep. I was over in the Suede Palace back when it was, when that meant something. No, I, I mean, it's, it's still great, but that's back when it leaked and it was freaking yeah. freezing all the time. Yeah, and right. You know, Those were the good days. The good old days. You couldn't no. hear anything over there. No, you couldn't have a conversation. The, the rockabilly building. bands were so loud, oh, yeah. you couldn't oh. even speak to the person next to you. Dude, so but it was exciting, and it was loud. fun. Yep. The smell of freshly laid primer. That's right. Wafting around. It was yep. great. Oh, my God. That, the combination of freshly sprayed primer and pomade. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Which pomade is a new primer. scent I'm coming out with in the fall. Really? That's going to yeah. be fantastic. I oh, like yeah. that. I think it's got limited appeal, but I'm going for it. That's that's how everything starts. We have very limited appeal. I think he just came up with some pomade primer. If you put the primer on, the pomade would last longer. It's true. But you'd have to wet sand your head then. Uh, some of those guys, I'm sure they could. I'm sure they could. Some of them shine like they, like they've wet sanded them. Yeah. Clear coated them. Yeah. We just eliminated an entire potential listener base. No. <laughs> and angered a lot of people. <laughs> what we live for you're gonna hear the thunder of doc martin yeah. boots coming from <laughs> and vans pitter-pattering along <laughs> or, or converse all-stars yeah oh she's yeah. a squeak of converse all-stars <laughs> amidst the patter of the vans and the clunk of the boots yes this could be a broadway show this is, this is like stomps whole new it's it stomps it stomps uh less intelligent brother <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> called uh, Shuffle Along or something like that. <laughs> it's got a big musical shuffle, number at the, the end. Musical. Shuffle Along. What's, yeah, what is worse than a stomp? Sloth. <laughs> a shuffle. A mosey? Sloth. A mosey. It's a dance show called Mosey. <laughs> or Promenade. <laughs> the Pomade Promenade. Oh, the Pomade Promenade. I love that. Yeah, this what a great show this has turned out to be. Oh man, yeah. Are we going to talk about cars at all? We, we waited so long to have you on too. Yeah. I, well, thank you for having uh, me. I appreciate it. I'm glad we found you. I, we were walking we around. We only live like what five minutes from each other, and then we never talk. I'm starting to think you don't love me. It's not that I don't love you. It's it's I have that piece of paper that says you can't come within 50 yards right, of Jim. Right. So I just and it's still good. I got to tell you, <laughs> I know it doesn't that. expire. That's no shelf. So you stay on that side of the table, mister. Well, that's why we have our buffer zone. Yeah, yeah I'm neutral. Buffer zone. <laughs> I'm Switzerland. <laughs> that's right. You're the Switzerland of the podcast. <laughs> that's right. That's great. Oh, my gosh. So let's let's get in a little bit serious, though. Uh, your work is mind-blowingly incredible, sir. Thank I mean, you. I've always been a fan of your stuff. Thank you. Even Appreciate like back, that. especially, you know, first time I think I saw your work was probably right around 2008. It's been a long time. And then you, I moved away and kind of quit doing shows for about six years. Just didn't care? Oh, well, I was acting. And I, it was too hard to be divided. And I just was kind of painting for my 
collectors and not really out showing and seeking new collectors while I was pursuing the acting. I was living back east. Uh, there's a lot of I was living in East Tennessee, and there's a lot of production for acting in Atlanta right now. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's like the new Hollywood, and so I, I worked all the time as an actor. Um, you know, still painting, but. I got to a point where I was like, well, I can do one or the other at the level I wanted to do it. And I, I chose the painting because I can sleep in my own bed most nights. <laughs> but really, seriously, I'm, I'm being funny, but the acting took me away from home a lot. And I, I, I didn't like that. Yeah. You know, so let, let's let's totally sidetrack that. Let's really, let's get into the acting side because this is the part about you that's always intrigued me. How did you get into um, it? What what was? Well, I worked in advertising in Detroit. I was an illustrator, right? And but I was constantly meeting with art directors, and once in a while they'd go, "Man, I, I like your voice. Can you do this voiceover for me for this commercial I'm doing or whatever?" You know, and so I kind of dabbled in it. And I was one of those kids in high school that got the leads in the plays and things like that. Oh, uh, but, but no one ever told me there was money to be made at it. And so when I got out of high school, I just pursued my art, you know. Um, and then I was in my mid-30s, and I was driving along one day, and I heard this radio commercial. And the actor in it was awful, like horrible. And I thought, what the heck, man? I could do that. You know, I could be awful. <laughs> so, so, so I got a hold of some of my art director friends. And I said, how do, how do I go about doing this? You know, and they said, oh, you need a voiceover demo tape and this kind of thing. So I put one of those together, mocked one up. And uh, every time I would go and take my portfolio out to meet with art directors, I'd say, oh, by the way, I do voiceover work also. And so uh, I did that, went, met with an art director, gave, gave her my tape. She says, oh, my husband's a director. I'll pass this on to him. And like a week later, the guy calls me up. He's, I, I've got a series of radio commercials I'm doing. So he hired me and I did like five or six radio commercials with my first job for like a department store in the South. Uh, I don't remember the name of it now, but so I, I did five or six commercials and the guy says, okay, uh, who's your agent? Who should I bill this through? I was like, I don't have an agent. What's an agent? You know? Oh, and so he goes, I, I, I said, who's the best agent in town? He says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to bill this through you know, XYZ agency, you call them and introduce yourself to them. So I made my agent money before I ever met them. Oh, wow. And she says, okay, well, this is great. You need to come in and introduce yourself to us and meet, meet with us. So I went in and uh, chatted with them and she says, well, we need a, we need a headshot and a resume. And at that time, I was really overweight, and I would lost my hair young. And I said to her, I said, well, how much work is there for a bald, fat guy? And she just laughed and said, well, I don't know. Let's, let's find out, you know? Two weeks later, I was eligible for my SAG card Whoa. because I had booked a national commercial for Dollywood. Wow. Believe it or not. Yeah, I was okay. like the dad in, of the family in the wow. Dollywood commercial. Fantastic. And it took off from there. I, I had agents in Atlanta, Nashville, because I was living in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I had agents in Atlanta, Nashville, um, Cincinnati, because all of that's like within a four hour drive of, of Knoxville. It was like a wheel hub. Uh, Birmingham, Alabama, I would work down there all the time. Um, and that led from one thing to another. I ended up in Los Angeles, which is where we met when I was living in Los Angeles because I, was starting, I started doing these shows. Um, I was acting, but as acting often goes, I wasn't booking any jobs in, in, in LA. Starving. Yeah, and so I took a job as an art director and uh, it, for an entertainment company. And a lot of times those entertainment companies, they, they're around for a few years and they go away. And that's what happened. So I took my unemployment check. By that time, I had been 
coming to shows in Southern California, car shows, and I'd seen what Keith Wiesner was doing, I'd seen what Tom Fritz was doing, and loved it. You know, I think both those guys, top of their game for what they do, you know? Um, and so I thought, you know what? I'm not getting any younger. I want to do this. I want to make prints. I want to make paintings of cars because I've been car crazy since I was, you know, it's in my blood. My grandfather worked for Henry Ford from 1926 to 1966. Oh. And my dad retired from Ford. Uh, just four, cars are in my blood and I've always been in love with cars. Um, had a bunch of old cars and just decided to start painting. And so, you know, I've been doing a combination of the acting and painting ever since. And then just recently in the last couple of years decided to stop the acting and really focus on the painting because like I said, I wasn't doing either one at the level I wanted to do them, even though I'd had some, some good success with the acting and had done some good TV shows and a lot of television commercials, which is where the real money is, you know. <laughs> Um, oh, you can always me. learn on our podcast. The television commercials. You know, I, I booked a, a Home Depot commercial one time. Two days work. You count the audition and then the shooting. It's like forty grand. Oh yeah, commercials pay pay really big. But then I the what? last gig I had, I was on the TV show Nashville. I had a like a guest starring role on Nashville. You know, and I made my day rate, which was like I don't know, it was like under a thousand bucks. And then I get these beautiful checks in the mail. Pardon me, residual checks in the mail. 10 cents, you know, <laughs> 17 cents. Somebody streamed it on Netflix. You're like, <laughs> exactly. Oh, and it's like, I'm like, think about that. It cost more, it more to, to, write, to write it and, yeah. and print it and put the stamp on it than it did to pay me. Well, I've got to wait. So I've got to wait. Everybody in the car community needs to do this. We need to post your IMDb link. Okay. Everything we can find online that somebody can stream that we know you're going to get paid for. Everybody go on. And oh. I don't care if you watch it, stream the hell out of it over and over. I like where your head's at. I can help you out with this. Oh, I think man, this is the way we do this. Because then I'll get checks for like $2.50. Think yeah. about this. That'd be awesome. Oh. Now it's worth it, right? See? Maybe ah. $2.58. Yeah. So now speaking of TV shows and just in the spirit of things, you were, you did uh, you did that commercial where you played the dad. Yeah. And Dollywood. Are you guys planning on like a 10-year reunion? 10-year Dollywood commercial <laughs> yeah. reunion? Well, you know, we got together for the DVD commentary, but uh, I don't think a reunion is going to happen because quite Director's frankly, cut. quite frankly, some of us can't be in the same room with each other, you know, uh, after touring and, you know, how it goes. Dog ran into a bit of a, bit of a smack problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, I just, the heroin's out of control with the dogs. I, just, I can't do it. Yep. And the log ride? Oh, forget it. <laughs> real, yeah. The outtakes for that were great, though. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a real ride. gag reel yeah. from the log ride. And the kid, my 10-year-old son, 43-year-old midget. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He had that tattoo like Bugs Bunny's kid. The, that's why, like that's why he was in long sleeves? Yeah, Sing Sing, 1933. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, it's a rough business. Rough business. <laughs> <laughs> so, holy cow! Okay, so, what what was your biggest role? My biggest role? Well, see, that's weird because I had a lead in in an independent film that was shown on Stars, but you know who knows how many people saw that. But I had small parts in good TV shows, like I was on Drop Dead Diva twice, which was a USA show that a lot of girls like. And I, I did Tyler Perry's House of Pain, which was an incredible experience. That that whole organization, you know, the Medea movies, I, I don't care if they're cheesy. I don't care. That organization is incredible. 
the, the Tyler Perry's studio and everything. He's got awesome. a he's got a whole studio in Atlanta with like a New York back street and everything. It's wow. it's incredible. True. Yeah. Well, we're close. We have a we have a backdrop with a brick yeah. wall. You know, yeah, I was yeah. going to say that. It, I fe- I felt like I was Very. in one of the boroughs. Very, which one? Let's see if we got this right. The one that this looks like. <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah. That one. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. We got it right there. across the river. Vague enough yeah, for you? Yeah, yeah. Going across the river. Yeah. That's... It's, a, it's a numbered street. Oh, yes. There, there were numbers, yeah. yeah. Numbered yeah. street. And, and a couple of, uh, you know, sewer lids and things. Yeah. 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 It was very New York. Very nice. Thank yeah. you. That's. <laughs> at, at the end of this episode, no. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> So you, you get into acting, you, you've you've obviously got collectors that are already collecting your work. Yep. So how did that begin for you? Where, how did you, who was like your first collector? You don't have to um, share names. You could just be like, no, I can share it. It's this guy from New him. York. Uh, Ron Main. Oh, wow. Okay. So oh, his God. him and his wife were the first people at, when I was here at 2008, the first, first uh, Grand National Roadster show I ever did, him and his wife came into the booth and liked some of my work. And then um, they left, but she snuck back. And commissioned me to paint his salt flat racer that him and his brother and uh, uh, Potet and Maine Speed Demon. So yeah. I, I did a commission painting of that big oil painting. Uh, he just uh, actually like two weeks ago he sent me this really bitchin' photo of it in his garage, and he's framed it with the rear end of a car, like oh, a, wait, like, cool. a, like a like a '59 Caddy rear end or '57 Chevy. I can't remember, but uh, it's like that's it's in a frame, but it's framed by this back end. It's really oh, cool wow. looking. Way cool. Yeah. Wow. He just came by the booth this morning because I donated a piece to his. Uh, he's doing a charitable auction, so I donated a, a paper framed paper print for the auction. So go out and bid big on that because it's for charity. Bid big while you're watching. That's right. Episodes that see. You know, That's right. While they're streaming in the background, bid bid bid. This weekend's going to be a cash cow I'm for you. I you, bro. see this coming. I see milking those cash teats. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the title of the episode. <laughs> Milk in the cash Milk in the cash teats. Perfect. Oh my god. So okay, let let's really back this up then. We're, we're I gonna was born a poor black child. Outstanding. <laughs> we're gonna I'm just gonna like I started to Tarantino it, now we're just gonna go kinda all over the place. Um, when did you first discover a love for cars? Oh man, growing up. When I I mean just I was a kid, and my dad and I would play this game called Name That Car. So uh, I was born in the 60s, raised in the late 60s, in the early 70s. I was a kid, and when I was driving around with my dad, there were, in those days, there were still a lot of 50s cars on the road because they were only, you know, 10, 15 years old, you know? And so we would play Name That Car. And, of course, my dad could name them all because back then a Buick was looked different than a Pontiac or whatever, you know. And I am I was, like, soaking it up, you know, and trying to learn, you know. Because as car guys, we all like to, you know, mansplain to our women, oh, that's a 48 Buick right there, baby. Some of the teardrops. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, so when I was a little kid, was that being born in Detroit, raised in Detroit. Like I said, my grandfather worked for Henry Ford. Uh, from 1926, went through Ford Trade School, was a tool and die maker. My brother has retired from GM. My cousins work for GM. My dad retired from Ford. It's just when wow. you grow up in Detroit, it's yeah. just it's in your blood. You yeah. Know? yeah, it's like a it's a company town, like Hollywood is a company town for the movie industry. You know, but uh, and then 
you know, I just said like a kid, I drew like everybody else did. And I would draw these cars that could do everything. Like it's part like World War II German submarine with the, the jagged thing on the front. So you could like ram a Break boat, ice. But it could pop up propellers and fly, you know. And it's like the best. Uh, yeah. And of course it had big fat wheels doing a burnout and all this, you know. But I used to draw these things. And, and then when I got out of school, you know, I always drew and painted in, in high school and all. And. And quite frankly, when I graduated high school in Detroit, there were no jobs to be had. The, the, the factories were shutting down. And, and uh, so, quite honestly, I was going to go in the military. Uh, but I applied to the Center for Creative Studies and, you know, gave them a portfolio and everything. And uh, I was either going to go in the military or get into the art school. And I happened to get into the art school. So my illustrious military career was not to be. Right. And wow, this would be a whole different podcast. It would be. This would be so bizarre. Yep. And so I went to Center for Creative Studies, and I uh, was hired uh, before I even graduated at an art studio. Detroit was unique; they had these art studios. You'd have, uh, you know, six or a dozen artists on the board servicing um, all the major agencies in town: J. Walter Thompson, W. B. Donor, McCann Erickson, you know, like what? that. All the big car agencies. So everything I did was car, 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 car. I was trained as an airbrush illustrator doing like cutaways of shock absorbers and engine parts and things like that, which is wow. about as fun as watching paint dry. No, but it's, <laughs> you know? it's cool. I see yeah, where it'd be a little monotonous. super cool. Little boring, it was monotonous. It's still kind of yeah. cool. But the studio I worked at was so great, and I worked with so many talented people, and they threw so much stuff at you that you had to learn. I mean, I did cartoon work, point of purchase displays, magazine ads, editorial work for magazines. I just, I did everything I was asked to do because you're trying to make a living. Right. And so I found that I loved learning to do all these other techniques, you know. I, I've worked in every technique you can think of uh, just because I had to. And... Uh, thousands of frames of storyboards for uh, car commercials uh, we would do we would do packages of five and six commercials at a time with wow. you know you know 50 frames each and just crank them out you know it was all marker work oh so I, was, I spent my 20s marker high because you know? <laughs> right. it, it was like a bullpen it was, it was like a bullpen with uh, you know uh, just little dividers with all these drawing boards just all those fumes all, <laughs> you know marker in you know and then back in those days the markers had bad oh, fumes all the metal know? ones oh, oh yes and, and we'd work you know 18, 20 hour days sometimes yeah, because yeah. you'd sit around all week with nothing to do and Friday afternoon at 4.30, oh, by the way, we got this storyboard package. We got to get done by Monday. Monday. Yeah, Monday. freaking art directors. I still hate them to this day. <laughs> but uh, no, so that, you know, doing marker work will really hone an artist's skills. Oh, yeah. Because you, you learn how to work fast. You learn how to shade properly. You learn how reflections work on cars and metal. You know, so it was great, great training. And of course, the whole time I was there, all I wanted to do was get the hell out. Yeah. But now I look back on it, you know, 30 years later, and I'm yeah. like, it was the greatest training I'd ever had. And I worked with the funniest people I ever worked with, even in Hollywood. These people I worked with in Detroit were hilarious. We used to laugh, man. And, and the most talented people and generous with their talent. If you were working on something, you didn't know how to solve the artistic problem, some guy would sidle up behind you and go, oh, I've done that. Here, here's what you do. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, oh, it was the greatest that's training fun. ground you could ever yeah, have. That's yeah, that's cool. Great people i miss them i do hell of a story wow, too. thank so, you wow this is thank you it's all lies this i made it all awesome. up no but it's good every, every, was every word was a lie. you are a great actor every word was a lie. <laughs> oh, geez. Man. i was just sitting here thinking i was trying to find a better word that i've been rendered speechless i'm thinking of marketing i'm like that's rendered. that sounds really crappy rendered. but nice. i don't want to go there but i draw that out of people oh yes there's speechlessness wow 
It's because you're so colorful. Stop me. It's it's wrong. No, stop we're going to keep you going. No, we're going to go. Stop me. I want to go to a point where I you just help like, pass out. This is going to be great. <laughs> From double entendres <laughs> and weird crap. I know. Oh, my God. So, okay. So, what what stops a guy like you then? I, I just imagine somehow that with your, your creativity, and at this point you've got a really great artistic technical background, you could have probably taken that and gone into conceptual art in a Hollywood sense too. So that's a really fine line that kind of drove you one way versus the other. And did you even ever consider going into that side like conceptual? I didn't. I did some okay. work for DreamWorks. I did some storyboards for DreamWorks one time. Oh, I like this how every time we bring up anything, it's like an A-list thing. Sorry. Well, <laughs> no, 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 it's awesome. Uh, actually, no, I'm, I'm blown I'm away by this. I'm making it sound like, bigger than it was. It was It was oh. not a lot of work. I, I didn't do like a whole movie or anything. I, I helped out with some storyboards on a movie. Um, but it just it wasn't work that I wanted to do. I wanted to paint what I wanted to paint, you know. And that's that's a big sets an artist free when you're bound by what a corporation wants you to do, which there's always great money attached to that. But it's can it can hammer on your soul a little bit, you know, when you're just selling your talent and when you're a gunslinger and you're just selling your gun around town and you know when you really want to kill people, you want to kill. So you know. <laughs> I'm not a contractor. If you ever, <laughs> no, I used to be, but I've had a, you know, my soul can't take it anymore. If you ever it's write somebody gunning for you, you got to sit with your back to the wall. That's right. You never want aces and eights. No, no, no. That's a dead artist's hand it's right a there. Dead artist's hand. That's right. It's got range. Doubt. <laughs> uh, oh my god. We don't want aces and eights. We want tacos. Let's go get tacos. He's sitting over here. He looks so disgusted. Like, who the hell brought this guy on the show? <laughs> <laughs> or do you always look that way? I always look this way. Pretty much. Yeah. He's he's our <laughs> angry. Dejected look, you know, hating life. Yeah, that would be me. What? You have no reason to hate life. Did I even answer your question, by the way? <laughs> you did. You, you yeah. did perfectly. It was just in my head for some reason. I was like developing this whole thing where, wow, his life could have gone, you know, in a world right. where. You know, <laughs> and, and, he's and he's tired of killing people. So we know that about right. so, yeah. him. So, Wow, this took a really nasty turn. No, I really wanted to explore what I have to say. What what do I have to say? You know, do I have anything to say as far as creating images go, you know? But you don't know that when you're starting. You think you've got something to say, but you don't know. You don't know how people are going to respond to it, you know? Yeah. You just you try to paint something that you think is cool and hope other people like it, you know? Yeah. You've done just that, though. I, like, I hope so. So... How do you go to that point? Like you're, you obviously the the automotive love is there. Yeah. In your picture, you have this real heavy. There's obviously a cinematic quality about your work, which I love. Uh, that whole noir feel that you yeah. have, you you kill that look. I mean, dude, I spent my entire childhood in my bedroom with books about James Cagney and Humphrey Bogart and Edward G. Robinson and George really? Raft and all the great, yeah. you know. Well, that explains the, the hat, then. It does. Okay. That's, all right. That's right. Wow. This that is, makes this sense. Is my era. I love that that 30s 40s thing. And, uh, you know, after I lost my hair, I got to wear a hat to keep from getting sunburned or frozen. So why not wear something cool? cool Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, those are cool. This is, see, at least yours turned into something marketable. My, my, (laughs) my hours and hours spent pouring over like adult magazines. And then as I got older and dove deep into depression, like my addiction to you porn hasn't really found its way into my artwork yet. It's, it's, all it's done is reveal itself in personal pleasure. I've seen some of your, uh, some of your scribblings and they're pretty impressive. (laughs) In the, in his sexually induced stupor. Right, right. They're impressive. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) 
Yes. Okay, where are we going with this show? So when you first started out painting, where did you your very first works? Did you think you were going to go the direction you did, or no. is this like an evolution of that? It was an evolution. I said to my wife, I said, you know, I don't paint like Keith Wiesner. I don't paint like Tom Fritz. You know, and I and she, and my wife in her in, in she said something very simple but very profound. She says, "Paint what you like." Well, I had to pause and go, "What do I like?" You know. Well, I like. I like American cars, restored, hot rodded, customized. I'm learning to love uh, foreign foreign cars, Delahaye's, beautiful yeah. British uh, British sports cars. I'm learning to love all that stuff. But my initial love is early, you know, 30s, 40s American cars, hot rods, custom cars, stuff like that. But I'm also, like I said, crazy about old gangster movies, film noir, detective films, stuff like that. And I thought, you know, I want to, I'll just mash up those things that I like and and see what comes out because I spent like nine months painting before I even showed my paintings to anybody because I didn't know if anyone was going to even respond to them. And then uh, I had uh, I was in my studio and a friend of mine who's an actor, Paul Dooley. He's uh, he was the dad in Sixteen Candles, the dad in Runaway oh, Bride, oh, Limpy yeah. and Popeye. Okay. Well, he was in my studio and he he was looking at a piece I have called Roscoe Said Goodbye for Me. It's a '53 Cadillac with a girl and a gun and uh, the guy's fedora on the ground. And he go. He looks at. It, he rubs his chin. And he goes, "Very car noir." And I go, "I'm stealing that from you." And so that became my website, Car Noir. Very nice. That. See, I love it. All your stuff tells a story, and you managed to. And any good story that can be told in one frame is right? fantastic. That's that's the hard part. I always say that art is editing, and some you know young inexperienced artists artists they try to put too much in it sometimes you know oh aren't I cool I put the reflection in the side of the car and you can see me photographing it and it's like no you need to edit and you know once you start editing you you realize okay what do I need to tell the story I'm trying to tell and that even goes for pieces of cars like uh you know I've got a I've got a front end of a of a like a 38 Hudson beautiful like waterfall style grill and that's all it is it's just the front end of this car well Yes, the entire car is beautiful, or or a 39 Lincoln Zephyr. The entire car is beautiful, but I want the viewer to pause for a moment. The story I'm telling is the story of the grill. This piece is is beautifully designed in its own right. Yeah. Yes, the whole car is beautiful. Yes, I could paint the whole car, believe it or not, but I want you to take a moment and just look at how beautiful this is designed. You know, wow. so that's kind of kind of the evolution I'm on right now is thinking of the car as graphic design almost. Fantastic. And that's that's a weird. It's weird to do that shift in your head. Yeah, like, I paint a lot of abstract stuff. You've been witness to what's in my house. But yeah, some of them you put wheels on. Right, most of yeah. So, and it, it's just oh, funny. Wait, did though. I say that out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't hear. I'm it. sorry. That was rude of me. I didn't hear it at all. That was just terrible. <laughs> the Oscar Mayer people are gonna love that next <laughs> one. But um, no, like having having to work sometimes where to go from a creative standpoint into especially like a graphic design thing where the rules are very rigid, right? And it's funny because, I mean, you can break a lot of rules in painting and kind of get away with it a little bit more than graphic design. Right. Although as things have progressed like through the 60s and 70s, it, it got But Sometimes the rules go out the window. Right on. Yeah. And it's really cool that you, you approach it that way. Just that, that kind of, that mind melding thing that goes on. That's really I cool. I try to do the same thing with art that I do, did with acting, which is see what the other guy who's going up for the part you're going up for is doing. Right. And try to do the opposite or something different, something out of left field, you know. So see, that's come in there to play a gangster. Do you pull Kermit the Frog? 
Yeah. That's well, we're like, kidding, but it's true. Uh, the, I know, but the, the, we think it's fresh because I think I think if you're sitting in a casting room and you see 50 guys come in, yep. and they're and, all and like, you look at him and you go, that guy's perfect for this role. Yeah. He, if I was going to cast it, I'd cast that guy. He looks yeah. just like this character. And then you hear them go in the room and audition, and you hear, oh man, they took the easy choice. They made the easy actor yeah. choice. So then I would always try to make a hard choice. Sometimes you could pull it off. Sometimes you couldn't. But when you did. You could see the people who had just heard it for the fiftieth time yeah. look up and you know, oh, it's something yeah. new, right? You yeah. know, yeah. And that's what I try to do with my art too. Is not just do what every other artist I think would do. Yeah, you, you know, want to be predictable. Also. Yeah. And now back it up because this is something that kind of stuck in my head. Where you said you started off, you painted for about nine months before you showed anybody. Yeah. Stuff. And that kind of drifted then into talking about younger and experienced artists. Yeah. Now, question for you. That first nine months, did you ever fall into that trap where of nine months of painting, you spent eight months on one painting? And, cause, I mean, some guys do this, like, they'll, they'll go in and go, I'm just going to paint for six months. And in six months, they have half a painting done. You're going, no. Because um, I've done that. And I, I have, we've, as, an, you know, you know, as an artist, you have paintings that you don't show anybody. You know, they just didn't work out the way you'd hoped they would, you know. Right. So we all have. A, have kids like that. <laughs> Right. Wait, can we edit that? Yeah, we it's don't like want them to hear VC that. Andrews we don't want the wife to hear that either. But uh, no, so um, I paint pretty quick, actually. I, but I do a lot of preliminary work. So I'll do color studies and sketches and a lot of different designs before I ever touch paint to canvas. Because we all know that anyone who's painted, if you run into a problem in your painting and you keep trying to fix it, the painting will get muddy and it'll lose its oh, freshness. Yeah. And if you take that painting and set it aside... You keep looking at it and you keep thinking you can fix it and you can't. It, once you've killed the freshness, you've killed the freshness. So I got to the point where I would take a razor blade and slice the canvas because oh. I know I would just keep going back to it. But once you've figured out the problem, you can start a fresh one and you sail right through the problem part because you've fixed it already on another piece. Yeah, and you have, a, you have a piece that has a freshness. It's got an energy to it. There's, it's not muddy in any way, you know. So that, that would be my advice to anyone working on a piece that's not working. Start it over. Get a fresh canvas. Slice it with a razor blade. Wow. Because human nature is, oh, I can go back and fix yeah. that. You're never going to fix it. It's always going to look muddy. I'm thinking I'm going to give you my, my million-dollar idea for the episode. Sweet. Keep, do you keep all your sliced canvases? I know it's a weird thing. You know, using the stretcher strips when you're an artist is... You reuse the hell out of those. That's right. But I always thought, what if you took all the old ones and started stitching them back together, and you come up with like a Halloween show? It's like Franken canvas. That's awesome. We have these all stitched back there. There was an illustrator back in like the early 1900s. His name was Joseph Leyendecker. He created. he did. He was like the first guy to do like the New Year's baby and uh, very famous illustrator of his time, of the golden era. In fact, he was Norman Rockwell's hero. And when Norman Rockwell oh, wow. started, he painted just like Lion Decker. Well, when Lion Decker died in like the 1950s, um, his partner would take his old studies and cut them up and like because he would do like panels with like three faces. He's doing a study of like uh, you know a general or something. He'd do three faces because he was working out his technical things that he needed to work out to right. create the painting well this his partner would cut out the faces and sell them individually at garage sales <laughs> yeah so there is a precedence for what you said now sewing them back together i've never seen that's a that great idea that would be kind of cool it'd be like a different kind of collage thing not yep. quite like jess the same guy who used to take full tubes of paint and like build up the canvas to like three inches thick really 
Oh, yeah. So when you started mentioning muddy, I was like, oh, my God, we're on the same. <laughs> yeah. Paint's but, too expensive for me to do oh, that. Oh, I couldn't imagine that. <laughs> well, you could do that with one of your residual checks from... Uh, oh, hey, man. When our audience is done. Now we're... <laughs> do a cutaway of your paintings. <laughs> oh, man, like Fordite. <gasps> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you don't do a painting of a Ford... <laughs> And cut it open like Fortnite. <laughs> then it just went stupid. Uh, Somebody's going to be mean, listening stupid. To the, no, Fortnite is not stupid and pretty awesome. Fortnite is a that's, that's a magnificent idea. I'm proud of you. Fortnite rings. <laughs> yeah, they even make that Fortnite jewelry. Oh yeah, there are people make Fortnite jewelry all the time. Sorry, Damn man, it's... you missed the boat on that one. Damn it! How about a full set of Fortnite dentures? Nice, but then you got to be a rapper. But would you do the colors left to right or top to bottom? Yes. What would you do? Both. You could have multiple sets and switch them out while you're talking to people. (laughs) (laughs) This reminds me of those Monty Python, the buffer art, where the guy would come out of his teeth and be dancing. (laughs) Or or put little servos in each one so they spin around. Oh. And they're they're facing different ways each time. Oh man, dude. Okay, we got to get together with we 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 just need a really out there kind of dentist. Yeah, because it's gonna take a certain. You realize someone's patenting this as we speak. Probably, it's over. We need to find either a dentist who's really free with his thoughts, or somebody that we can clang over the side of the head with a <laughs> you know with a shovel when he walks outside. I'm going. It's a great idea. I mean, we can clang him on the side of the head with a shovel, steal his degree off the wall, and take it to our garage and stick it up. Oh yes, welcome in. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm now a dentist. Yeah, you can act your way out of that one. This will be great. <laughs> I'm an ordained dentist. But when it's real life, it's not acting. It's more like undercover. Oh, an ordained oh. dentist because he's got to pray for you while he's working on yes. you. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So now you brought up an interesting thought too. Okay. I hate doing this. I love you, dude. This is so fun talking to you. Well, I'll stop then. We're done. <laughs> that was fun. And here we are from. It's over. Uh, no, but um, last big thing that's on my mind, really, uh, when you get into uh, as far as like acting and being undercover, do you do you experience that weird right brain shift when you go into paint? For you, is it like is there anything similar to when you act? Do you draw on the same thing, or is it two totally different worlds? Uh, nope. No, I, I don't. It's, it's two different animals, really, because okay. it is creative. And the thing that I really liked about acting was that it was a, uh, it was a creative art form that you did with other people. You know, as an artist, we all sit in our studios by ourselves 99% of the time. I mean, you know, we do if we do six shows a year, we're out amongst we're out amongst people six <laughs> times a year, you know. Otherwise, we're sitting in our studio by ourselves. And I'm a very social person. My wife says I'm a social butterfly, if you hadn't guessed. And no. so the acting was a creative thing that I enjoyed that I was able to do with other people. And let me tell you, when you get in doing a scene, with a with a with a good actor, it challenges you to be good, and it just things start clicking Feeding and humming. Each other. That's right, and yeah. bouncing. Especially yeah. if that other actor is generous and wants the scene to be good. Yeah, there's you always run into selfish actors who it's all about them. They just want it to be about them, and the scene never clicks as well. You know, but uh, I, I hope that answered that question. If I ramble, just no, slap no, me, it did. It, it was great. I was no. I was just really interested in the creative process. I mean, yeah. to me, I love how. Everybody kind of approaches it differently. Yeah. Like, Brad, we, we talked a million times about how you approach a creative project. And you and I, we've seen to come to things kind of the same way. And then we duke it out halfway right. through because you don't put drop shadows in the right way. Yeah. 
and the right way. Yeah. You talking about that ego thing? We were talking about that earlier. Oh, now it's all about you, right? I see. I see how this is. No, you're like an old married couple. Without the fun stuff. Now it got weird. Or maybe you do have the fun stuff. I don't know. Then it got really weird. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I, I seek let, the let's, please. Let's see you act your way out of this, funny man. <laughs> no, <laughs> do it. Funny man. <laughs> Mr. Sable Man. Sable. I was just interested, though, in how, how it works for you. Because, I mean, mentally sometimes, I mean, like I find if I'm working on a, like a car design, my mental approach to it is far different than if I'm doing a logo. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's night and day. And I mean, and if I have to, you know, be asked to go, are you enjoying this job? And I go, yes, that's acting for me. And that's a whole different part of my brain. But, too. you know, the logo thing you're generally doing for someone else. And there's a list of parameters you have to work oh, within, yeah. which does it does have the, the upside of stretching your creative muscles because you got to make things work that shouldn't work. And the car thing, you know, it's like when you have all the freedom in the world to do anything you want. Sometimes that can be debilitating. You want someone to give you some restrictions because right. then it, it does make you flex that creative muscle. But and it was it's kind of the same way with the acting, the, the painting and the acting. There's, those will be some similarities. You know, you get up and you have a script. The writer had an intent. Your part is only in there because it serves a purpose to the story. You know, and so you, if you understand that your what that your character has a purpose and what the purpose is, then you understand more of how to do the scene. Well, it's the same thing with with art. What is the story you're trying to tell with this piece of art? Are you doing it as a uh, preliminary piece of art for a builder? Well, that's one kind of story you're telling. Are you doing it to uh, evoke emotions of nostalgia? You know, um, over over what has been a very important uh, element to our society, the automobile. I mean, you know, going back to the maybe earlier than even the 30s, we courted in cars. You know, we dated in cars. We got married and went off on our honeymoons in cars. The yeah. cars were very important, yeah. at least to our generations. Right. It seems like with the younger people, it doesn't mean freedom like it meant to us. Yeah, it's just transportation. Right. Yeah, it's but for us, it's a place to, get, place to go to soccer practice. Exactly. Yeah. But for us, it was a symbol of freedom Absolutely. and independence and, and growing into adhood. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. When you talk to a kid that's 14, what do you want to do when you're 16? I want to get my license and get a car. Right. Nowadays, you like don't that get today. that same answer. Right. And when I first heard of that, I, I didn't understand it. It didn't yeah. compute with me because of what it meant to us you know and and, and it dawned it every, on me later it that it doesn't mean that to them it, it really doesn't I, I know a lot of the generation now you've almost got to prod them to get your license you know? yeah let's go get it it's i remember as kids i mean the day you turned 16 was the day you were beating on your parents oh to, yeah to try to get your permit oh yeah and you before know? that you were like oh, you were like dad can i take the car and he's like two more weeks nope yeah two more yeah. weeks and you oh, can take exactly. it by yourself you know I, I just drive around the parking lot right see just the problem the is my dad was uh, had a small insurance agency and so he saw all the uh, <laughs> uh, instant reports of the 16 year old kids running into block walls and so uh when <laughs> i wanted dad, to get, when i wanted to get my license he's like you better go get a job first which was probably one of the most brilliant things he ever said because it made me go get a job. Right. Yeah. And then you can afford things like registration, insurance. Yeah, back what, then. What's yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, what's that? Well, we're in Arizona. What's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's more suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a good idea. Yeah. To have yeah. insurance. It's a recommendation. Yeah, but don't tell me I gotta. Yeah. Working on it. Or cramp my style. Yeah. That's right. 
hey man, I'm a free you. spirit. I'm a lone wolf. Yeah, they don't even ask you if you want uninsured motorists anymore. It's just <laughs> they don't even ask you. It's just part How of rude it. of them. Yeah, yeah, they don't even ask. <laughs> so used then, to be at one time you had to specify it. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, you I have need, to ask them to take it off your policy. Wait a minute, I need insurance for my car. Oh, oh that's right. I thought we were talking about something else. Oh. <laughs> No, we'll cover you. I got you covered in mine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Speaking of cars, though, you, sir, uh, you have quite the uh, the fine little machine. I do. I'm uh, not quite finished with it yet. I have a 1952 Hudson Pacemaker Coupe. It's a short wheelbase car, which is bitchin'. You know, it's perfect for that hat. It is. And actually, I can sit in the car and wear this hat, and it doesn't bump the roof. Oh. Because it was designed in an era for men to wear hats. Well, that's right. Ooh. That's why I chose it. If you could say that in an announcer voice, we could design in an era. Designed in an era when men wore hats. Thank in you. Very, by the way, we keep uh, all intellectual property. Um, this you? is ours. That'll be appearing on stickers. <laughs> right. I'll have my great. agents send you my bill. And you'll but get your 17 cent check. My 17 cent check. <laughs> That's right. But I want that every two months, damn it. <laughs> Man, now you're crunching us. I know. I'm just going to break the company. We're squeezed now. <laughs> Hey, Alex, so, you got 34 cents because, man, uh, I'm, i got to go to the bank again. again. <laughs> hey, why don't you just save those up till I've got like five bucks, then right. send it. Yeah, yeah. Three years from now, it'll be great. <laughs> you're, you're the guy that goes to the ATM machine, deposit check, and they think you're taking one. You send a stack through that. Freaking, <laughs> that, that I'll wear the machine out. <laughs> the machine's like, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm usually the guy standing behind him in line going, oh, Damn, that guy must be rich as hell. <laughs> He's man. here he just, again. He just deposited. 40 checks. He could wear that total at the bottom. $18. He must be a mogul. Because <laughs> <laughs> he goes to the walk up ATM machine. <laughs> he just keeps feeding them. That guy must be loaded. <laughs> I turn around like, that's right. That's right. $3. When he goes into the bank, it's like, it's, like, it's like the DMV, else in the windows closed. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wait, I got four more. <laughs> Jim Owens, ATM mogul. ATM mogul, that's right. So how did you come into that car, though? Um, I had a Hudson in the 90s, and when I started moving around the country, I couldn't keep it, and I had to sell it. But I always wanted another Hudson because uh, I just I love orphan cars. I love Packards, Hudson, Studies, you know, all that kind of stuff. I like things that are different like that. And uh, not not to go dark, but my, my dad got sick and died, and I was looking for something to keep my mind off it. And uh, I saw it come up on, on uh, Craigslist, and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to go look at this car. If it's in good shape, I'm going to buy it. And I, it was a rolling chassis. I knew it was a rolling chassis. But if the, if the sheet metal was in good shape, I was going to buy it. And she, was, you know, she said, oh, don't buy it because then you're just going to you know, start buying parts and yeah. you know, all that. And I said, no. Take it all apart. I said, no, yeah. if it's in good shape, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm bringing it home. And she was cool. And she was like, okay. So I brought it home. And... Uh, Started working on it and met these two great guys, uh, Tim Tim Allen, not the actor, and Mike Madden, both both guys that live in Tennessee, both retired. One was a retired body man. The other guy was a retired uh, race car team manager and Porsche mechanic. Oh, wow. And between these two guys... Good friends to make. Yeah. There, between these two guys, there was nothing they hadn't done on a car. I mean, literally, Tim had had like taken a good half, of, a good front half of a car, good back half of a car, and welded them together and made one good car. You know, I mean, it's like nothing these guys hadn't done. And so with their guidance, uh, I was like in school for three years, you know, and even stuff I thought I knew how to do, I'd go, hey, Mike, I'm going to do this. 
what do you think? And he'd go, yeah, that would work. Or maybe try it this way, you know? And they were very generous with their knowledge and their time. They'd, if I, if I got into a rough spot, I didn't know how to handle, they'd come over and help me. And we just became fast car buddies, you know? And, and they, they helped me walk through building it. And I did everything myself. I, I did the upholstery myself because my parents owned a slipcover company uh, sewing slip covers for, for people's couches and chairs. So when I was in art school, I was earning extra money sewing. So I learned how to sew. So it was your parents that made those <laughs> that, Oh, yeah. Don't hate. I know it's awful, but it put me through art school. So, okay. you know. But uh, so I, I sewed the upholstery myself. Were they the clear ones or were they cloth ones? <laughs> they, were, they were cloth. Uh, okay. Yeah. No plastic like grandma okay. had. Yeah, yeah. We could have done You were those but... people. So, okay. so, you know, I really wanted something that I could learn on and learn how to do the things that I'd always wanted to take the time to do in, that you do when you build a car from the ground up. Right. So, I mean, I bought this car, brought it home. We got the original uh, straight six cast iron boat anchor running, but it smoked like a chimney. And I thought, you know, I'm building a custom here. I want to drive the heck out of it. And I thought, I'm not going to spend the money to rebuild a 65-year-old straight six. So I put the uh, ubiquitous small black Chevy 700 R4 Trans in it. I just I went and I bought a low mileage '89 Chevy van. I got the I got the tranny, the engine. I got the the the, the, the brake booster and the pedals out of it. So I've got power disc brakes on the front of it. Um, I did, I went through the engine. It didn't need a rebuild. It was clean, but we did the you know freeze plugs and all that kind of stuff and. Uh, put that in. Uh, it was it fit beautifully. All I had to do was make a cross member for the tranny. Um, it's a ma'am. <laughs> no, not that kind of tranny. But uh, and I even painted it in my driveway with my the help of my friend Tim. I painted it in my driveway. Sorry, you got to edit that out, right? No. But <laughs> but uh, I painted it in my driveway. Uh, sewing the upholstery. I sewed uh, the the cut and fit carpet myself about two months ago um uh, altered the bumpers i've got a kaiser overrider with bullets with the exhaust coming through the bullets so i learned how to weld well, shape sheet cool. metal yeah, yeah. and yeah. so now i'm sculpting with the skills i learned building the car so i'm building sculptures way cool yeah there's some in my booth if you if you make it by you can check them out well, we gotta, oh, we're coming over there we need to go to the booth if, cool. if it's cool if you would like to get some Absolutely. pictures oh, i mean I know, do. I know normally it's like don't take pictures of my booth but well no flash photography yeah well, don't do that. That's why I brought my friend Jesse. He takes him out back. Yeah. <laughs> and fl- and flashes like them. By the flashes them. Yeah. 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 Takes a picture with his belly button That's camera. right. Fla- he takes <laughs> him out back and flashes <laughs> them. <laughs> his shoe camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, he keeps his phone there. <laughs> like like Maxwell Smart. That's right. Hey, there's a timely reference, huh? Yeah. Good pull. No, well yeah. done. Thank you. Thank Holy you. Holy moly. Yes. Hey, those 60s TV references I'm the king of. I'm just wondering, how do you, I mean, you're, how do you find like you know, the Kaiser bumper and everything like that at 17 cents? <laughs> it's tough, but I'm a good negotiator. You're well played. You know, the guy wanted 500. Checks is what that yeah, that's right. I got a stack of checks that tall. I'll swap you for that Kaiser overrider. <laughs> and you got to you got to throw I, in the bump the bullets though. Your checks are no good here. Right. Some guy who has like he's your starting up like <laughs> the residual check museum. It'd be awesome. <laughs> I should just frame them as a joke. You know, the lowest one. I think the lowest one I ever got was 10 cents. But if I get wow. one lower than that, I might just that frame it. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. You blow up and make a poster out of it. You frame it up. It's I like know. in the garage Take or something. Like, side of your like car. Like the Ed McMahon check size. Yeah. <laughs> 
There you go. <laughs> Ten cents. I can't wait to see that. It's like. Change is updated. You know, I got ten cents. Maybe I will next time I get one. Photoshop it. You know, do it. And James Owen is updated. Awesome. He's updated his profile picture. The glamorous world of show business. <laughs> oh man! Some spilled mac and cheese on your shirt. It'll be great. <laughs> I'll wear an old stained wife beater. That's the only kind I own. So yeah. <laughs> don't have any clean ones mind. anymore. They're all stained. That's right. So if they're not, stained. I put some stains on. There you go. Yeah. Sure. I don't want to feel out of place or no. overdressed. No, 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 no. I need some mustard. Yeah. Honey, you got any more than pork and beans? Well, <laughs> 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 oh, come on, with your artistic talent, you could mix that. You could be like pork and beans. I oh, know, but there's nothing like the real thing. I am a method actor, you know. Yeah. Well done. Because you know, you get hungry later, you just lick your tie. <laughs> Brewing something with your tie. <laughs> is that iced tea? I don't know. No, it's pork and bean soup. <laughs> oh Tastes like transmission fluid. I don't know what this. Well, there might have been some of that on there too. <laughs> Where was I yesterday? <laughs> Neckwear bouillabaisse. <laughs> How many times you get to use the word bouillabaisse Never. on this podcast? Nice and Nice my friend. Yeah, nicely played. <laughs> And they awesome. said I'd never go anywhere. And they meant it. Scrap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Did I say that out loud? I gotta stop nice. that. I definitely won't go what there the heck, fast. man? Why don't you stop me? I like it. I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> not only gonna keep that, I'm gonna use it for the intro. <laughs> we have so much time in it, I have to throw uh. this table. <laughs> like a John Wayne movie. Oh my god. But man, I don't wanna tie you up too much. I wanna have you back. Okay. For a full real yeah. Well, we live so close to each other. I'll just come and crash on your couch, and we'll do it. Bring it on. Yeah. Right on. You meet. Well, you've crashed on my couch. I have. Beware of the dogs. There's dogs. I like dogs. The dogs like, like the dogs. Ca- the dogs like the couch. So just so you oh, know, do they? Yeah, oh, you're yeah. sitting on their couch. Hey, my bladder's bigger than theirs yeah. is, so I'll mark <laughs> it myself. Jake has a bit of a spooning problem. <laughs> you'll you'll yeah. get used to it. Yeah, they like the couch. It's kind of a crazy way to wake up. It's like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're in my spot. Yeah. I see that. The scary thing is when you think it's the dog and it's Brian. <laughs> it's Brian dressed as a dog. <laughs> in his dog suit. He's one of, what do they call those people that go to those conventions? A furry. furry. <laughs> a furry. He's got a big, a big a like, giant furry. head on. You know? Scooby-Doo. Imagine to wake it up to that. Go. Go. I want to have a heart attack. <laughs> and you didn't even bring me any Scooby snacks. Furry. You got them all for yourself. Just... Hope it'll at your cool. leg. It looks great. Ah, oh, dear. Oh. No. I hope I answered all your questions semi-coherently. Ah, you were great, man. <laughs> man, I, I, I feel bad now for waiting this long to have you, man. Ah, we'll do it again. I, I, dude, let's do this. Sweet. Let's make this a thing. I, we haven't laughed this hard in so long, man. Cool. You know what? I'll be back Thank in you. 45 minutes. Okay. Fair. Awesome. <laughs> Before you leave, <laughs> yeah. pick a color. you got to sign the table. Oh, all right. How about silver? Pick, pick a color, man. Groovy. Hi ho, silver. Should I print it so everyone knows who that is? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, my my signature is like a big swoosh. Just what, do it. What if Jimmy Olsen from Jimmy Olsen? Yes. <laughs> yep. Jimmy Olsen. I should have signed Chip Foose. <laughs> He'd sit down here and be like, what everybody the, should sign Chip. Everybody, everybody, write Chip Foose. <laughs> 
Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. I had a great time. Thanks, and man. I do look forward to doing it again. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Look forward to having you. We'll have you so much. Be sure to keep up with us gearheads over on our website at www.round6pod.com. If you'd like to, we invite you to follow along with us over on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to check out all of our latest videos on youtube.com.